Welcome to the Spurs Up Show, home of the best Gamecocks content on the internet. The following is presented to you by our friends over at MyBookie. When your money's on the line, choose a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win, like MyBookie. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down. You can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use my bookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance to hit payday. To get started, go to mybookie.ag and on your first deposit, use promo code TSUS to grab a deposit match up to $1,000. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Plus 38,000 on the Eagles and Chiefs. You won't find odds like that anywhere else. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with MyBookie. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. We're also brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. You pick two to six players. And you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi entry. It's literally just you against the projection. They also allow mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on LeBron, parlay with the under on Mahomes. They've got college sports, pro sports, literally anything and everything you can think of. They have got it over at prize picks they also have a slick easy to use mobile app both on the app store and google play they're rated 4.8 stars in the app store with rave reviews so many fans and listeners of the spurs up show have made tons of money with our friends at prize picks and you should as well so again go download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com and when you do use that promo code ts U.S. to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it! We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Chris Marler of Saturday Down South, Saturday Football Uncensored, and simply put, an SEC champion. He is in the building. Chris, what's going on, my man? Congratulations to you, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I will say this, my horrific takes over the summer about Alabama at least earned me about 20,000 views on YouTube because my SEC championship reaction video Bama fans have been eating it up as I was eating crow all day Monday, man. What's going on? Yeah, man, I tell you what, I'm still I'm still celebrating, still enjoying it. Um, that was I didn't think we were gonna get in the playoff either way. So beating Georgia, I thought was just gonna be like the 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 cherry on top at the end of the season. Um, you know, I, I'm not gonna get into whether they should be in the playoff or not because they shouldn't. But uh yeah, man, that was an awesome, awesome game. It was just I I I was just trying my best not to get emotionally invested for the entire first half. And because I just I just felt like it was gonna be a loss. And then Second half rolls around. We were up by 10 the entire game. It, they weren't even doing anything. They weren't executing on offense the second half. They were like, I think they had three, three and outs and like in a punt or a, in a fumble or something like that. Like I just kept, I kept waiting for the wheels to fall off. And like, like they've done all year, they did not fall off. And it's been, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, that was a classic for sure, Chris. And we'll go straight to the game. You know, I thought Alabama's physicality, obviously, against Georgia was really impressive, limiting the dogs to, to 78 yards, I think it was, rushing. Mm-hmm. I know you had to really enjoy, by the way, the commentary this week of uh, from the dog fans, the, the, the complaints about the referees, the oh. injuries. I mean, it's, it's been every excuse in the book, I would imagine. Well, you know, i tell you what. I, I wouldn't even say it's an excuse, man, because, I like, this is going to sound crazy, but if you're missing several – of your top offensive weapons. Fun fact, it's very difficult to win big games like that. Um, now, I was told personally from Georgia fans all over Twitter for two years that you can't make excuses like that. I won't I won't do that to them. Because um, it's not an excuse, just what happened. So, yeah, I think, honestly, the, the biggest surprise for me was going into that game, This all the things that Bama used to do and now Georgia seems to do better than anyone in the country with their physicality. They out-scheme everyone. They, they lean on you late in games. Um, all those things. It seemed like Bama did those to Georgia, which I was not expecting. Like, I mean, even even late in the game when, when they had, I think, second goal from the one, it took them three uh, three separate runs trying to get into the end zone. Um, just all night. Like, like it, it seemed like that was one of those games where, you know, Georgia wasn't playing their best, but they're going to figure it out. And at some point they're going to, you know, tighten up. And, and I, I was just really impressed by Bama being able to, one, like – shut down the run with how good Kendall Milton has been playing, how good that O-line is. Um, and then I was very confused about what Mike Bobo was doing the entire night. Like McConkie and, and, and Bowers are clearly hurt. And, and, and there's, 
if there's one thing about Georgia that's that they do better than anyone else in the country, it's distribute the football to their playmakers at the skill positions. Like every game, they have eight, nine, ten dudes with at least one reception. And you've had you've had guys have like career games this year. Dylan Bell, you got Ron Ron Thomas, like you know, like get Dom Lovett. I, I don't know why they kept rolling those guys out there because they were clearly, clearly not 100. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Chris, of course, we talked last week, and I followed your timeline leading up all the way to game day. And and like everybody else, like the fan in you when game day comes, right, you have that that glimmer of hope, if you will, that things can go your way. And you were really level-headed last week. I think you you picked Georgia to win the game. When was the moment in the game on Saturday where you felt like, Bama's got this or I guess you said that you felt like at some point the wheels were going to come off was there a moment though where it, like it you started to grasp like Alabama's going to win this game so, so in the second half I think Bama was up by 10 at the half they got a drive late in the first because also remember this Georgia scored on their very first possession mm-hmm. I thought the script was going to have to be all right you got to come out on fire and and like do it so a lot of teams have done to Georgia this year which is score first and then, you know, Georgia catches their breath, they make adjustments, and everything's fine. Um, Bama goes three and out, and Georgia scores just like, you know, hot knife meet, like meets butter and goes six plays, like 75 yards. For the next 44 minutes, there were eight drives from Georgia. They punted five times, kicked two field goals, only made one of them, had a turnover, and then, and then like, kneeled it to go in the half. It was, like, that's unheard of for this Georgia offense over the past three years. So when they got to the second half, I kept thinking they'd make adjustments, and – when Bama was up three with 10 minutes to go and, and Georgia went on four plays in like a minute and a half, I was like, shit. And they answered. Bama, Bama answered and they go on a four and a half minute drive. And I say what the, the coolest part was one of the things that I'm most impressed with, with Kirby Smart over the past couple of years that he's been able to do with, with, with Munkin, especially, and then a little bit with, with uh, Bobo, is he keeps part of the playbook for the whole season. So there's wrinkles on, on like in that playbook that they haven't shown anyone until they need it because they don't, they don't need to. Like, that's how good they are. And that's not something Bama's done for the past couple of years. But they came out on that 
up, I think it was up three uh, with like two and a half minutes ago. George has all their timeouts, and Tommy Reese lines up at five wide. First off, I about lost my damn mind when they were at five <laughs> wide. Um, and then they run a wrinkle of a, of a play that they haven't run all season. I just, I was really impressed by the coaching. And then even I was very, very down on this year. Mm. A lot of talk about Jalen Milrow, Chris, this week, and deservedly so. I mean, it's hard to believe this is a guy that got benched earlier in the season for a now lacrosse player in Tyler Buckner. But either way, that did happen. Um, he was, he was, fantastic on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I thought the athleticism of Milrow really stood out, obviously having a player like that. What what did you see? What impressed you most from his performance? So the first, again, like early on in that game, George was getting a lot of pressure. They were, and they, they were doing it like directly in his face. Um, and you've seen him struggle with that at times. And they also, they had two spies, which I had not seen all year on him. Um, thought that was really interesting, but you know, he like they were only like three of fourteen on third downs. Like they, it wasn't like they had some efficient game or like methodical, you know, dr like drives when they needed him. Um, and again, they 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 were dialing up some some plays that like that were really really effective and, and kept George on their heels. But there was a play I think in like the third or fourth quarter. I think it was the third quarter, and and you're just trying to keep Georgia away from any momentum. And third down, he he scrambles and then sprints up in the pocket, and there's nowhere to go. And at the last second, he just like shovel pass to, to I think it was Isaiah Bond and he runs for like 11 yards and gets the first down to keep the drive going and you could just tell from the Georgia like Georgia defense that was like a little bit of a backbreaker that's also the kind of intangibles that we don't that a lot of people you know for the half the season it was like he's a running back he's a running back playing quarterback and he's a really really good he's a really good quarterback um but that was a little bit of like you know kind of like a Bryce Young moment there just with that that kind of awareness so yeah it was awesome man and on that point, Chris, before we get off of this game and, and talk other things, if you will, um, you mentioned, and I think you you brought this back up or you like reposted it or whatever, the comment that you had in the preseason about if you're going to dance on the grave, dance lightly. So if, if you want to expand on that, I mean, again, you you forewarned everyone. So I think it was the, it was the popular thing to do to call for the – everybody wants to call it first, right? You always – you right. want to be the guy that's like, I, I told y'all this was the end. This was yeah. the demise. This was the downfall. And you just sent a, a subtle warning. And uh, what do you know? I So, and I you listen, as you guys saw with the, the Clemson game, I, I, I haven't, I'm not always 100% accurate with like all my takes. I've had a really good year and, and, and done pretty well the last two years. But like, I just heard about it all offseason and all last summer. And I think part of it's because you lost to like an insufferable fan base. Then you lost to an LSU team. That, that That's always like a seemingly – a massive game, but Bama has owned that series over the past decade or so. And then obviously George wins another national title. And it's like, I, I honestly, there were, I would question myself sometimes. I was like, am I, am I just being a homer? Like, am I, do I just not want to admit that it's dead or that it's done or like, you know, like whatever. But there were so many people that were like, just going on and on. And I'm not just saying you, but it was like the nine and three stuff, eight and four. Ty Richardson from uh, ESPN Arkansas said seven and five. Like, but even no matter what the record was, everybody was dead set on they're going to go 10 and 2. And they were going to do it, by the way, without a loss to Texas. It was going to be, it was both coming in the SEC. And I just kept thinking of the fact that, like, dude, like that's two losses by four total points, both from the last play of the game. Going into this season, they had five total regular season losses by a total of 15 fucking points over the last six years. Like, that's insane. So to assume that Brian Kelly, 
going to Tuscaloosa is, is just going to turn around in Tennessee all of a sudden. There's been nothing for a decade and a half. They're going to just beat them two years in a row. If you're dancing on the grave, you better fucking dance lightly because, I mean, like, like I I hear it all the time. You know damn well he hears it, and it has really, really fired him up for people, like, close to the program. It's been a season-long thing that I can chip on his shoulder. So, Chris, moving into the aftermath, right, obviously the drama that followed with the playoff, uh, you know, just I know you mentioned top of the show, like you're you still think Bama shouldn't have gotten in. I mean, your, your yeah. thoughts on it. I, I I understood why the committee did it. I, I think really what it was, Chris, is a a flawed system got exposed and I'm surprised it took this long. But I mean, you literally had four slots for five power five conferences like at some point it was going to backfire. And it's a perfect segue in the next year with an expanded playoff. But somebody had to get left out. And I just don't feel the committee thought it would be a fair playoff without SEC representation. Now, Florida State fans are probably going to be mocking me about the word fair there. But, I mean, your thoughts on how it all played out. Because I, I think once you saw Texas at three, you were like, yeah. okay, I, I Bama's it. That, that's that's it. They're I, I, the end. I wasn't that confident. But looking back in hindsight, it was like that. That is that should have been like a sign to all of us. Um, you know, Saturday night, like there, was, there were things that still needed to happen. Because it wasn't like Bama was fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. Right, like they were eighth, and they had been there for five weeks. Like they hadn't moved. Texas was also sitting there at seven. And, and like one thing I, I really didn't understand was it seemed like each week they had they were very inconsistent in what their criteria was, and they kept throwing up Oregon in our face. And I, you know, like Oregon's a good football team, but it was like they're you know they're winning their games by thirty and forty points and blah blah. blah. It's like, and then you look at their resume and they've only played their best wins or best wins were two four loss teams and one's a backup quarterback. But they had the eye test, and then you're like, okay. And then Ohio State loses, but they only dropped to six, still in front of Bama and Texas. And they're like, I, I, they're just setting themselves up for failure. It's like they kept thinking, yeah, we'll figure it out. It's fine. Like we'll figure it out. Like it'll it, work yeah. itself out. I think they thought it was going to work itself out. It always yeah. does. It yeah. always does. <laughs> and and like you know, this whole musical chair situation they've set up with, like you said the five power power five conferences and then four spots What's even more fucked up about that entire thing is when they first made it, you clearly, clearly didn't even consider we're never going to put a G five G five team in here. We're like, it's going to be the best four. We'll have debates on it or whatever. Um, but going into that, that Saturday night game, I honestly, I thought FSU would lose. They had a third string quarterback in mm. and that's what I thought had to happen. And they, they didn't, they won. And, and like, I just kept thinking like, dude, they went 13 and 0 and, and I'm, I want my team to play and I'm not gonna feel guilty about cheering for Alabama. I'm, I'm happy they're in there. But when you look at like what the committee said, especially as a former athlete, you talk about like people busting their ass, like all year long, you know, two days in the off season. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, in blue, uh, all, you know, like all off season, like, you know, then you get through a 13 game schedule unscathed. Like, it's not like their backs were against the wall, but nobody thought they were going to get there. And what's even more fucked up is that they had 18 of the 22 starters on that um, on that depth chart at the start of the season were minimum four-year in the program, guys. It was one of the most veteran teams and rosters in the entire country. Mm-hmm. And you finally get over the hump, and you go 13-0, and and the committee looked at them and said, hey, listen, um, we obviously know football a little bit better than you guys. And the 85 people on the roster, that one guy – since he's not going to be able to play, none of you are. And I just think that that's so – it's so unfair, for, like, for that entire team. They Like, I just – I don't know what kind of message that sends to to 
the sport and like in teams and the program. You said their whole season didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I'm I'm glad that Bama's in, but like it's it's icky. I think is a yeah. good way to put it. It's it's very icky the way it happened. And I mean, I'm somebody that again, I thought the I thought they got it quote unquote right. Again, to say it's right, I, I thought it was they made the best of it, mm-hmm. but uh it, it is icky for sure. It's a weird feeling. Uh looking at the bowl game slate, Chris, really quickly. You know, some people out there will tell you that bowl season doesn't matter. Who can like I'm a college football junkie. I can't wait to watch basically all of these games. Yeah. Maybe not Auburn, Maryland, but almost all of them. That's, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> For sure. No, it is. Um, outside of Bama, Michigan, because I want to ask you about that one in a second, uh, which of these stand out? I mean, obviously, Georgia, Florida State. I don't know if you just saw, but the Orange Bowl presser for tomorrow got canceled. I don't know really what that means. Oh, God. Uh, that's that's the who wants to be there less bowl, I think. Oh, man. Um, I hope they both boycott it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like they might. Um, Clemson, Kentucky, you know, two teams, South Carolina played at the end of the season. Missouri, Ohio State, I'm really excited for that one. I mean, it's funny. People will tell you that bowl games don't matter, but, I mean, what would a win over Ohio State mean for Mizzou as Drinkwitz continues to build that program? So, just, you know, obviously there's more, but but when you saw the bowl matchups, what jumped out to you? The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a flavorful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate the game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. The Spurs Up Show is also brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app or head over to GameTime.co and use the promo code SPURSUP for $20 off your first purchase. Again, that's promo code SPURSUP, S-P or S-U-P, for $20 off your first purchase. Game Time is the best ticket buying app available that removes all the stress of the ticket buying process. They have things like images of your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Guys, you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps, and you're set. And also, tickets, they're sent directly to your phone. So no more scrambling, searching through your email, trying to find the tickets you just bought, whether it be the Gamecocks, a concert, a comedy club event, you name it, whatever the event is. Buying tickets shouldn't be stressful, and Game Time is the way to go. Again, that's our friends at Game Time. Go download the Game Time app or go to GameTime.co. And when you do, create an account and use promo code SPURSUP. That's S-P-U-R-S-U-P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. So that was the first one. Ole Miss Penn State is interesting. Um, 
it'll good it, like because Penn State is a really really good defense. Like they they suck, and we all like are kind of over their shit um, because they do the same thing every year and go ten and two. But that's a really really good defense. Uh, they're gonna have a couple guys opt out. I think Ole Miss is gonna win that game, and I think it's also a, a very good spot for Kiffin to kind of show like what he can do consistently. And again, in the season with only two losses, Bama and Georgia, that's an incredible job by him. The, the one I'm most excited for is Mizzou, Ohio State. One, because Mizzou's been a great story. And and Eli Drinkwitz, I don't know, I don't know if you remember this. The the as soon as he walked up to the podium at Media Days, the first thing he did was talk shit. Like the first thing he did was like talk about like the, you know the changing conference and like the scheduling and, and you know who's gonna play who. He's like, I hope we get Arkansas. I hope we keep that rivalry intact. It's been very good for us. We've won six of the last seven. He is he is like really, really funny. He's like a nerdy Kiffin. Um, but he also is a competitor and you can tell after the Tennessee game, like, like he does have a, 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 it's not a Napoleon complex, but he's, he's told every day, like Mizzou doesn't belong in the SEC. This nerd is not like, you know, not an elite coach, all these things. You get a chance to play Ohio state with a really, really good Missouri team. Um, and like, they've already lost like eight kids in the portal, like including their starting quarterback. Mm. Um, I think it's a really good spot for it as a program builder for Mizzou. And like you said, because like for some teams, sure, maybe it wouldn't matter. But for Mizzou, that's a big win. That's a real big win. Yeah, I'm excited to watch that. Did you, I'm sure you heard the uh, the drink oh, yeah. comment about Connor Stallions or whatever. The mm-hmm. hold on, Connor Stallions is buzzing in. Yeah, it's it's I know Gamecock fans, they they cringe when they have to admit this, but drink is funny. I mean, I, yeah. I'll give it to him. He's funny. He is funny. Um, back to the Bama Michigan game. And of course, again, the playoff is set. It's Bama Michigan, and then we've got Texas and Washington. But to Bama Michigan, I think what's so fascinating, Chris, and I posted a clip about this this morning, is it's like, you know, for the college football world, I mean, there's there's some folks in the SEC that are going to pull for SEC. There's some mm-hmm. obviously fan bases that'll pull for Michigan, but you know, it's it's like on one side, you've got the the evil empire that is Bama, and people are looking at it like they shouldn't have been in, it should have been FSU. Then the Michigan side. You know, nobody really talked about this except a couple others outside. Like, hey, they cheated, by the right. way. So it's like, it's like pick you your poison kind of deal. Like, I, I think it's that's a fun storyline in that one. I think I that is like, it is so bizarre to me that they were caught cheating this year. I mean, Mizzou one time turned themselves in because they had a tutor who was trying to like blackmail them for like $5,000 or something because she was going on her own and going rogue and taking the athletes tests for them without telling them and demanding money for it. They didn't know about it. They turned themselves in. They did all the right things and they got a one-year bowl ban. Michigan got a half-year vacation for, for Harbaugh and then they became the number one overall seed. Like I, I just am I'm still in shock that like nobody's mentioning that. Um, I asked this last night to one of my buddies who's a, actually a Mizzou guy. Like it has to be the two least likable teams in the country for this year, um, and he was pretty emphatic about the fact that he thinks that people are going to hate Michigan more. Because um, I mean, like, really, like the way they've handled the whole thing—it's super bizarre, mm-hmm. super bizarre. Like, I mean, like they played the victim the whole time. So Michigan I, I against the world, right? Jim yeah. Harbaugh saying we're we're America's team, like that crazy, crazy I, chatter. Yeah, I just I cannot believe that they would they would like it's one thing, you know, we talk about this in Beamer sometimes. It's like one thing to say it in private, but it's another thing to go up in front of a podium and be like, you know what, I am gonna say this. So and they're they're a really good football team, but I think that in this very random weird year, uh yeah, it's like it 
you know, all these crazy things keep happening. And one of those crazy things is apparently people are going to start pulling for Alabama um, in the national national scene, which is not, not not happened a lot. So when you look at the matchup, Chris, again, we'll, we'll dive much deeper into this in the coming weeks. But I mean, what, what was your initial thoughts? It was interesting to see Michigan, their reaction, kind of the. Oh, <laughs> instead of you know, I'm sure if they'd have played FSU, I think that reaction might be different. But like, just at first glance, thoughts on, on the matchup on the field between Bama and Michigan? Yeah, I think that you know, like really, one of the reasons why you you want Florida State in if you're Georgia or Michigan, like like going into the final week, because yeah, I mean, you would like to to have your first step to a national title be against like a team that's not you know 100. Um, I think they kind of blew that out of proportion a little bit, but I still love seeing it. I, Michigan, I did like a quick deep dive just to see like like some of their stats and like and what they do well and all this kind of stuff. Because I like I've watched their a couple of their games, but they haven't played anybody until the last three weeks. So I looked up their stats and I put out a graphic about this on STS, and dude, it was terrifying because it's like twenty different stats, and all of them they're ranking like the top four, five, or six in the country nationally. And it's stuff like like all things that are like, you know, calling cards for for really elite teams. Like they have the fewest penalties in America. They lead the country in turnovers. Uh, I'm sorry, in um, red zone uh, scoring percentage. They have the number one, I think, passing defense. They have the number one average margin of victory. They have the number one scoring defense. Like across the board, they don't give up big plays. They pound you with the football. They went up against Penn State, who is a good defense, like I said, and they ran the ball 31 straight times down their throat. Like, so, I, you know, I, I think they're going to be a lot better than people think. And Bama has struggled at times against the run this year. So I think it'll be a good matchup. But every time we see a Big Ten team get to the playoff, especially when they're matched up in the postseason against the SEC, it's the same shit every year. Hmm. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I know that the past doesn't really have anything to do with it, like this year, but. How many times have we seen this movie? And Michigan is the slight favorite in the game. Alabama, though, with time to get ready. Extra mm -hmm. time, if you will. I mean, again, like you mentioned, tread lightly. Tread lightly if you're going to tread in that one. Um, switching gears a little bit, Chris. I, I saw, of course, because I was tagged in the SDS video, uh, the, oh. basically the coldest takes. And and. It's actually inspired me. I don't know if I'll be able to do it tomorrow, maybe Friday or some point. I feel like I must go back and do a what were my coldest takes of the right. season because I, I had some really horrific ones. I mean, Bama no, 9-3 yeah. is the tip of the iceberg. I had Ole Miss finishing seventh in the West. I had, you know, Missouri going six and six. It makes me that it begs the question though, what was your coldest take? Because I don't think I saw you in that video. Oh, this is a good one. Um I was not convinced that that Jaden Daniels was going to be as good as he was last year. I just I just wasn't because like we haven't seen LSU. That's why I kept saying like why well, I wasn't convinced they were going to like win the West because we haven't seen them stack seasons um, over the last ten to fifteen years really. And Jaden Daniels is a guy that like he had some really good years at Arizona State, and he had a year where he had like ten touchdowns, ten interceptions, and he was really good in year one. I just didn't know how in you know, if, if we were going to see those level of numbers, because it was 28 touchdowns and three interceptions, how is he going to repeat that? You know what I mean? Or how is he going to, like, like replicate that the next year? And dude ends up with 50 in less games, by the way, um, and puts up statistically one of the greatest seasons, you know, really, like, from from an offensive standpoint in SEC history. Like, I mean, like, for a while there, he was trending at the same same pace with Joe Burrow, and it was – he was so much fun to watch, and I was like – I. 
was very wrong about how good he actually was. Um, but I also was was like, it, I pleasantly, I'm, I was happy to be wrong. He was probably the most fun player to watch in the entire conference. Do you have a Heisman vote, Chris? I may have asked you this before. No, I don't think no. no. If you had one, would it be Jaden Daniels? It would be Jaden Daniels. I, I will say, I think that like, I, I like the finalists. I, I find I'm whatever with Marvin Williams or Marvin Harrison, I, I, whatever. Um, I will say that like what I don't like about the Heisman, this happens a lot. It happened the year that, that Kyler beat out Tua, which is we go from month to month where somebody is the clear cut front runner. Saquon Barkley, 2016. Uh, Leonard Fournette in 2015, like his odds were like, I think minus 280 or something like that going into the, going into the month of November. He wasn't even a finalist. Like Bo Nix was a minus 200, two to one odds favorite a week ago before his conference championship game. He had 308 total yards and three touchdowns. He is now at plus 15,000 or 1500. And, and Jaden Daniels is minus 1200. Mm-hmm. I still think that's probably accurate and correct. Like Jaden Daniels should win the Heisman, in my opinion. He has almost a thousand total yards more than, than both the other quarterbacks. But like, I don't know why it moves so drastically for, for people and voters like the like the, the final week. I just don't get that. Jaden Daniels would also be my pick, which again, we're going to talk about that more on the show later today. Uh, Chris, on, appreciate you. Quick. Yeah, go ahead. If you, if you want to have some fun now that you have some downtime, mm. go, go to sportsreference.com mm. and look up the Heisman trophy. Cause they have the, they have the top 10 finishers mm. for every single one that was ever given. Just go back to like the sixties and seventies and fifties and look at the numbers that they were putting, they were putting up. There was there was a finalist that had seven touchdowns and twenty six interceptions. It's was like, it was it you that posted or the, what was it the uh, who won it back to back was it Archie Archie Griffin, Griffin. That, that he yes. had seven touchdowns the next year or something four. like that? four four touchdowns and he won it back to back in in both years combined he only had sixteen total I just like yeah. anyway it's it's just funny because like you know back then especially with like they didn't have the same kind of markets and, and availability to watch all these games so it's just sports media people who always think we're right. And been like, no, no, I gotta tell you what, that that white running back from Notre Dame is a is a real game breaker. Like, <laughs> Jesus, dude. Indeed. Chris, I appreciate you, man, and being gracious with the time. Last thing, the transfer portal madness that has ensued all week long. Of course, it's hit South Carolina, it's hit a couple other SEC teams. Kentucky just got a quarterback today. Your thoughts, though, on what's taking place this week. I mean, of course, I don't think that's something really that Bama's worrying about right now or Georgia for that matter, but uh, I mean, just thoughts across college football, the biggest names you've seen, overall reactions. Because, again, it's just – it's the wild, wild west, man. And, it, and it's – you know, I, I think for fans, it's made college football less likable. But for folks like us who, yeah. you know, love the content and the storylines, like it's it's obviously – it's kind of fun, I got to admit. So, I, your, just, your thoughts on what we've seen. First off, it's just – it's so difficult. Like, nobody feels sorry for college football coaches because they make millions and millions of dollars. But they've, they've just made it so difficult on them. Like as like career wise, it's like you don't get any downtime at all. Um, you end the season, you the portal opens up on Monday. You have to you have early signing day now at the like you know in two weeks, and then you start spring semester. It's like I, I just I I don't like that like the way they they've paced out the the entire sporting calendar for a college football. Um, I will say there's gonna be a ton of people in the in the portal. I think they said the, the projected numbers like 22% of players overall would probably be in. Um, I think that fans, you're right. Like, like there's no loyalty and people are going to be upset. And it's like, especially when there's money involved with it. What I, what I don't like most about it is Drake was talking about this, like at a touchdown club meeting, which was like, 
the moment the portal opened and they had like, you know, their list of guys they want to go after, they would set up like Zoom meetings to, to have conversations about it. And he'd be like, they would get on and like, just, you know, not, not wasting a second's time. Just like, how much, like, how much are you going to give me that part? Good for you. Secure the bag, all that kind of stuff. If you're talking about quarterbacks that like they already have a, a higher valuation. So you can make a mill coming out of high school, then make another mill going to another, another school. And like, honestly, Carson Beck asked for, for $4 million apparently yesterday. I mean, that's, that is not life changing money necessarily, but it's life like foundation type money. Like you are going to have a very easy start to your twenties. I'll say that. <laughs> I mean, you think about the juice well situation, Chris. And I mean, it's, it's pretty well known now that juice well sat out the last three or four games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, now was headed off. It seems like Texas and Tennessee are the favorites to land him. So to be fair, his dad said about two weeks ago on Facebook, he was replying to some, some hater in the comments that you watch my son's going to tear it up in the sec next year. But little did Gamecock fans know that it was going to be at another school. Right. So, uh, and also yeah, well before the portal was even open. So yeah, it's situations like that. I mean, that I, I, and I hate it for the folks at South Carolina, the collective folks, because it's, you know, we've talked about it a lot this week. The black eye, a situation like that puts on the NIL efforts. And mm-hmm. people are like, well, why would I give my money if a guy's just going to up and mm-hmm. up and bail? And I mean, it, it's somewhat of a mess, but I guess everybody's dealing with it. So, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're not demanding four million from SDS or you're going to hit the pool. I, I, I think you should, honestly, man. That's yeah, we'll see how that goes for sure. For sure. <laughs> um, why not? I, I think it, like we got an Amazon gift card for 100 bucks last year. So I, <laughs> I'm still trying to stretch that out in Biden's yeah. economy. Yeah, it doesn't go as far as it used to, Yeah, for sure. Chris, I appreciate you taking the time, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Um, and we'll do it again next week, man. You're the man. Sounds good, brother. I'll talk to you then. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.